if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Matthew verse 6, 14 through 15. What does that even mean? How does it apply to you and to your life, if it even does at all? That's what we'll figure out today. Welcome to the Sunday service. The passage emphasizes the reciprocal nature of forgiveness, which suggests that our own forgiveness is connected to our willingness to forgive others. The Bible also teaches the importance of letting go of anger and resentment. That's one of those things that sounds easy, but does hard. I think that I intellectually understand that I should let go. I should have it like water off a duck's back when somebody does something that I don't like or they they mistreat me, they victimize me, I should move on. That's a really, really hard thing to do. I am exceptional at holding a grudge. Might be <laughs> uh, very much to my detriment, one of my top skills. Are you able to hold a grudge? Yes. Yes, I absolutely am. And I'm confident that's true of you also. And I think it's one of those things that, that we need to learn. It is a skill that we must learn. We must cultivate that of forgiving other people. Oftentimes, it's that very famous quote, it's like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. I'm holding on to this resentment. It's bottled up inside of me and it's hurting me. It's affecting me, but I'm expecting it to be hurting this other person when they very well may be totally unaware that I'm holding and harboring this resentment and anger and whatever else, just negativity that follows me around like a rain cloud everywhere I go. That is, it is, a, it is a burden that is on me. Two more to share with you from Ephesians 4.31 through 4.32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every other form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Next from Colossians, verse 3. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So, these powerful passages focus highlight the idea that forgiveness is not just an act of mercy, but it's also connected to the understanding of God's forgiveness towards just humanity, serving as a model for you and I to emulate in our relationship with other people. Again, not easy, really hard, but like everything else in life, the hard things are oftentimes the most valuable. The valuable things are oftentimes the hardest to do. Things that come really easy are not of high value to us. Things that are free are oftentimes of, of lower value, or at least we do not attribute a lot of value to things that are free. So we have to let go. Got to let go of certain things. Must forgive. We must forgive others, and we must forgive ourselves.
carrying around anger, resentment, shame, countless other negative emotions is a heavy burden, one that absolutely wears on us, one that has a high price or cost, even if we don't realize it. I know this has been true for me. I would think that I'd moved on from something and that I may have consciously done that. I just tell myself, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm past it. I'm fine. I'm past it. I'm over it. I was still carrying it around with me. It was still there. It's true of big things. It's true of little things. Think about it. Last time you had a, a fight with your husband or your wife, your boyfriend or girlfriend, does that follow you around for the rest of the day? Of course it does. If you had a falling out with your brother years ago, is that still impacting you today? Yes, of course it is. These things weigh heavily on us. Got to forgive yourself and others. It's not simply enough to say, move on. The anger, the pain, the shame, the resentment, it is still impacting. It's still affecting you. It's still there running in the background. It's contaminating your current, your future plans. It is it is limiting your happiness. It is threatening, without question, your contentment. It is hurting your relationships, your business partnerships, everything. Just as a single drop of poison can contaminate entire water sources, it contaminates the well, so too can a drop of resentment contaminate your life. Today's service is for the vast majority of us, those with functioning consciousness or consciences rather. It's not for psychopaths or sociopaths uh, because those people, psychopath, could easily just move through the world and not have to worry about other people, not have to worry about how things are affecting them or impacting them or how their behavior impacts other people. So if you're a psychopath, sociopath, please go turn yourself into the local authorities immediately. The rest of us, this is really what I'm focused on, is helping myself and you to recognize the profoundly negative impact that carrying this stuff around with us has. Because it does, it's true. We have valuable resources. Our most valuable resources are our time, our attention, our energy, and our money. And therefore, we have to be good stewards because all of those things are finite. Certainly, our attention is incredibly finite. I only have so much of it to go around. I have a certain amount of time I can focus on things. And then I try to maximize how I'm using my attention, where I put it, where I give it, who I give it to, who I absolutely will not give it to. And the reality is, it's like thinking about the bandwidth that I have or the memory on your computer. If you just keep piling more and more stuff onto your computer, what happens? The memory gets taken up, it slows down, or it just stops because you have exceeded it. You, you, have, you have consumed all of it. Now, our brain's the same way. I like to think that my brain is not, that I have an unlimited capacity to keep taking on more and more things but it's just not true. So what we're talking about is when we are still carrying something around with us and we think that it's not having an impact on us when in fact it actually does. There's this thing called task residue 
And it simply means, think about it like this. If you're working on something and you glance at your phone and you get an email and the message or the text says, you know, it gives you some kind of negative or bad news, you put it down and then you go back to doing what you were doing. But it's not that simple because your brain is still processing and handling the bad news that you got in your in, in that last communication. So that's why multitasking is such a hard thing because this residue, it just sticks. What you were doing, you can't just all of a sudden have a clean slate and move on from one thing to the next. The stuff you were doing, it's carrying with you. That fight with your friend or your wife, it's impacting everything else that you're doing throughout the course of the day. So that resentment or that pain or that anger or whatever it is, rage, sadness, that we've been carrying around forever, years, 50 years, 100 years, whatever, that is coloring, negatively impacting everything else that you're doing. So you're giving it so much power instead of really forgiving, really addressing, getting down to it. That's what this is. So it's also, that's uh, just, again, we only have so much bandwidth. We only have so much focus and so much attention that we can give. So we need to be a good steward of it so that we can focus our time and attention and our resources and our money and all these things are the th on the things that are of the greatest value to us and not letting the tail wag the dog. We're in control. We're in charge. We need to recognize that need to move on. So you may think that you moved past some kind of a traumatic experience, but unless you've truly forgiven yourself or others, it is probably still burdening you. This is an unfortunate reality, but a reality nonetheless. So there's immense value in having a short memory, having a short memory. When you step in, step in dog poop, it's good to move on. When you take your shot and you miss, it's good to move on. When your diet goes off the rails, it's good to move on. Quickly forgive yourself to get back on the horse, to get back in the game, keep it moving. There's also value, immense value in having a long memory. When you have a long memory, you get to see how far you've come. Just think right now, reflect back on where you were three years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You have come a really long way. You've got a lot to be grateful for, a lot to be proud of. You've learned, you've grown, you've faced obstacles, you've overcome them. You are resilient. Having a long memory is wired into our DNA. The reason that we're little, that all of us were afraid of the dark or spiders or snakes or monsters or strangers, it's because those things used to be mortal enemies of human beings. They posed major risks to us throughout history. So it's of immense value to have that sort of hardwired into our DNA. So we're able to pass along that knowledge for millennia. So we remember, oh yeah, that's right. That snake, that is a major danger to me. I need to be afraid of it. I need to be aware of it. So long memory also helps us to keep things in perspective, to realize that something that feels really, really, really terrible at the time might not be that big of a deal. It's, let's not make a mountain out of a molehill as the saying goes. It helps us to learn from our mistakes. It reminds us that I've been here before. And if you go back far enough, you know, remember, remember for goodness sakes, there was a time you couldn't ride a bike or read a book 
or even get dressed by yourself. And look at you now. Maybe you're getting dressed on your bike while reading a book. Amazing. So we benefit from having both long and short memories. But either way, you're still standing. You're still in the game or the fight, however you like to think about the human experience of life. So want to shift a little bit and talk about um, talk about the importance of the importance of owing uh, others for the sacrifices that they have made. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of importance. The Bible places a lot of importance on recognizing the sacrifices that have made that have been made by others for us. And you think about um, what helps me to think about that and to keep things in mind or top of mind, middle of mind, top of mind is I wear a chain around my neck and there are three reminders hanging from it. The first is a skull. And that signifies memento mori. And that means, remember that you must die. And it is a reminder of our, fight, our finite nature as, a hum, as human beings. That there will come a time, not so far in the future, that I will no longer be in this uh, current iteration of me, that, that I will die. So it helps me to focus on the importance of doing the best that I can and to approach every day with um, with seriousness, obviously. Um, the second one is a key that signifies the importance of the work that I'm doing. And it reminds me that I've been given a lot of great blessings and gifts and that because of that, I owe. And then I owe and I must do my best and show up every day and do my work, do the work that I'm called to do in the way that I've been given the abilities to do so. And finally, a cross um, that reminds me that I owe. I owe a deep, a deep debt of gratitude to many. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I owe God and Jesus for the life that I've been given, for their grace and their forgiveness, and because Jesus died for my sins. It's also a reminder that I owe the countless others who've come before me and made my life and our way of life possible. It's a reminder that I owe doing my best because there are many who are unable, who cannot do what I do. And it's a reminder that I owe my best to my late brother, John. I owe, and I believe you do as well. And more we can remind ourselves and to keep that reality front and center, top of mind. To operate in the world and to do the best that we can because we owe. It's critical to forgive ourselves and to forgive others. It's not easy. 
fact, I think it's one of the hardest things that we can do, especially when it comes to the really serious, heavy stuff that we carry around with us. I've been thinking a lot lately, recently about, about, about my parents and if I am carrying around any pain or resentment or anger towards them. And I think that the answer is probably yes. And some of it's probably trivial. Some of it's maybe extremely serious, but it's there. And how long have I been carrying that around? Really long time. So it's something I'm working on right now is what, if anything, do I need to forgive my parents for? What, if anything, do I need to forgive myself for? And it is valuable and worthwhile work to sit down and to think about and consider what those things may be. And when I do identify them, as I'm sure that I will, that I actively forgive, that I forgive myself for things in my past that I'm not, not that I'm ashamed of, that I'm embarrassed of. Because the reality is that God has already forgiven me for those. So what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? Would life be better? Would my life be better? Would your life be better if you forgived your loved ones, yourself, for those things or that thing that you've been carrying around with you forever? Like an anchor tying you down, slowing you down just a little bit. I advocate that your life would be better. So much better. So forgive. When I was a kid, the reverend at our church closed each service the same way. And I'll close today's service with it as well. <clears throat> Thank you for listening, as always. Life is short and we have little time to gladden the hearts of those we meet along the way. So be swift to love, swifter still to forgive, and make haste to be kind. <laughs>